Well, good morning. My name is Mark. I'm the pastor here at Union Church. It's wonderful to be with you today as we worship and glorify our God together. And if you're joining us online, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're joining us. And, you know, give us a like. I don't know, one of those thumbs up if you want to. Let us know you're there. Um, we love you guys. Um, and if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles, we're going to be starting out in Mark chapter 14 today. So we're going to, we're going to be looking in some other texts as well, but we're going to get started right there. So if you want to look along in your own Bible, you can turn there. And let me just say, we are in week, week three of our sermon series about Lent. And through this series, we're, we're looking at the life of Jesus and some of the encounters that Jesus had in those last hours or days of his life before his crucifixion and kind of understanding a little better about his life and our life of faith through some of those encounters. And we've looked at Lazarus last week. We looked at Judas and we talked about, well, we talked about how we can try to not be like Judas, right? And then today we're going to look, as Doug said, we're going to look at Peter and Peter's encounters with Jesus before his crucifixion and we're going to not only look at um at the way that peter kind of kind of fell on his face there after jesus was arrested but but even more so we're going to look at peter's restoration so we'll focus on that some today as well but um, let me read our text and then we'll pray so from mark 14 27 through 31 and jesus said to them you will all fall away as it is written i will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered but after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said, even though they will all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you this day for your, for your word, for, for time to worship as a, as a community, as a family of faith. And Father God, we pray that, that you would show up, send your spirit to be upon us, to open the eyes of our hearts to truly know you and worship you. And I pray today, Father, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, Lord, would be acceptable in your sight, that they would bring you joy, that they would bring you glory on this, your day. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the salvation that we have in his name. And now in his name we do pray. Amen. All right. So in the text today, Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're eating the Passover meal, the, the last supper. And Jesus tells his disciples there, I'm, I'm going to use a little creative license here, please forgive me. He tells them, he says, look, boys, I don't mean to put a damper on the party, but you are all about to scatter like scared little sheep. Things are about to get really bad. And you all are going to flee. And Peter responds and he vows, not me, Lord. These other losers, they might scatter. They might run away, but not me, Lord, not me. And Jesus answers, you know, Peter, well, Peter, first of all, why are you arguing with me? Right? The scriptures have prophesied that these things are going to happen. And secondly, Peter, not only are you going to scatter like the rest, but you are going to deny that you even know me 
three times. Three times. Before the rooster crows at dawn, you're going to deny me three times. And of course, Peter argues, no, Lord, not me. I'll die with you. If they're coming after you, Jesus, they're going to have to get through me first. I would never deny you. And I think, for me, I kind of admire Peter's courage, right? I'm not usually one to stand up courageously, so I admire, I admire his boldness here. But is it enough? Is it going to be enough? Let's see what happens next. We're, we're going to fast forward in the story just a bit to Mark 14, starting in verse 66. This is after the, after the Passover meal. Remember last week we talked about in the garden, they went to a quiet place to pray. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Jesus is arrested. That's, that's where we are now. And after he's arrested, he's brought before the high priest council. And let's see what happens next. The text says, As Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also... You were with the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. The servant girl, she saw him again and began to say to the bystanders, This man, he's one of them. But again, Peter denied it. And a little while later, while the bystanders, uh, again, they said to Peter, Certainly you're one of them. I mean, you're a Galilean. And Peter began to invoke a curse on himself, and he began to swear, I don't know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down, and he wept. So after Jesus is arrested in the garden, he's put on trial before the high priest council, and you've got all the disciples, they, they fled, but Peter has sort of come back. He's lurking around in the shadows outside of the, the high priest's house, and he's warming himself by a fire. But you see, he's, he's, he's wanting to sort of keep a, a low profile and keep a distance from what's going on, but also sort of maybe see what's going on. And then a servant girl there outside the high priest's house, she recognizes him, says, oh, you're one of his disciples, that man on trial. Jesus, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? And Peter plays dumb. I'm sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's not me. And then later, to some of the other people that are there, she says, aren't I right? I mean, I can't be wrong about this, right? This guy is one of the disciples. Don't y'all recognize him? And, and Peter, again, continues to deny it. No, it's not me. I'm not that guy you think I am. And then finally, the crowd joins in. Yeah, you look pretty familiar. And you're a Galilean, right? You've got to be one of them. And Peter swears. He curses himself. He, he, he denies that he ever knew Jesus. I don't know this man. And at that moment, the rooster crows a second time. And Peter realizes what he has done. And he begins to sob, begins to weep. Now, I think there's a lot that we can learn from this account here and Peter's, Peter's fall, his denial of Jesus. 
I think there's a lot we could mine from that. But, but what I want to do today is not to focus on Peter's fall so much, but rather to focus on his restoration and on, on the grace and the love and the acceptance of, of Jesus to restore Peter unto himself. So we're going to look at that a little bit today. We're going to fast forward again in the story. We're going to fast forward up to John chapter 21. And this takes place after Jesus has been crucified and he's been resurrected. And then, I don't know what else to call it, but Jesus sort of goes on this, he goes on this comeback tour, if you will. And he makes appearances to different people along the way, including the disciples at various times, and kind of reveals himself to them. And this happens again in John chapter 21. We'll start in verse 1. It says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. You might not be able to hear if you're on the live stream. Loud airplane. Loud airplane. Okay. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And the other said to them, we'll go with you. Right? We'll go with you. And they went out and they got in the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Nada. And as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. And the disciples, they didn't know at that time that it was Jesus. And he called out to them and he said, children, have you any fish? And they answered him, nope, no fish. And he said, well, cast the net on the right side of the boat uh, and you'll find some. And so they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because it was so full of a great quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, he said to Peter, he said, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment because he was stripped for work. And then he threw himself into the sea. I always thought that was odd. He put on his clothes and then went swimming. But uh, he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came to the boat, uh, came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. And when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went aboard. He hauled the net ashore full of large fish. There was 153 of them, of the fish. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, he said, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? Because they knew this was the Lord. And Jesus came and he took the bread and he gave it to them and also the fish. This was the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he had been raised from the dead. A couple of observations from this story. First of all, we see that the disciples, they've returned to their former life. We might call it their BC life, 
right? They're before Christ's life. They've returned to their former life. They've gone back to fishing. That was an occupation that some of them had before becoming disciples, knowing Jesus, following Jesus. It's what they did, and that's what they've now returned to do. Jesus has died. They have had these appearances. There's these rumors that he's resurrected. But the disciples, they've gone back fishing. They've gone back B.C., before Christ. And I think it's an interesting thing about the condition of the human heart that when we fail God, when we fall on our face in our faith, we tend to retreat back to our default setting maybe before we knew Christ. We tend to retreat back to our old identity. And maybe it's because we feel shame. Maybe it's because we feel like we're not worthy of, of God because we've failed or fallen. And so we just retreat back to our, our old identity. And, and I think that's what the disciples have done. Some of them used to be fishermen. Then they were disciples following Jesus. And now they're fishermen again. They, they've gone back to their default setting, right? It's kind of like, what else are we to do? We don't know what else to do, so we're going fishing. Now, what's, re what's remarkable here is, is that even while the disciples have, have gone back to their old identity, they've gone back B.C., before Christ, their default setting, even though they've done this, even though they feel that they've fallen on their face, Jesus meets them there. And I think one of the things we can take from that is that is the truth that Jesus will always meet us where we are. Amen? He'll always meet you where you are. It might not even be in a good place. But Jesus will meet you there. And so Jesus shows up on the shore. At first, they don't realize that it's Him, this man standing on the shore. They've been fishing all night. The sun's coming up. They're calling it quits. They're heading in, and there's this man on the shore. And He, and he hollers out, and He asks them, Hey, have you caught any fish? Have you caught any fish? They say, No, not a thing. And then He says, Cast your nets on the other side of the boat, and you'll catch some fish. And, and so they do it. And at that moment, they, they catch a net full of large fish, and then they realize, this is Jesus. This is Christ. And Peter gets excited. He jumps in and swims to the shore before the boat can even get there. And, and, I, and I think this is re really helpful to see. I want to I point something out to you all this morning, that, that this story is strikingly similar to the, to the first time that Peter met Jesus and encountered him. And in Luke chapter 5, in Luke chapter 5, this is back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And he, at that time, he's looking for followers. He's calling disciples unto himself and meeting different people. And, and then Jesus meets Peter and and some of the other disciples at that time. And it's in Luke chapter 5. It's really, really kind of an interesting parallel text. Luke 5, starting in verse 1, says, On one occasion, there was a crowd pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. He was standing by the lake of Genereset, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the, the fishermen had gone out of them. They were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Jesus asked him to 
to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and from the boat, he taught the people who were on the shore. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and put out your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, he said, Master, we've toiled all night. We didn't catch anything, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, so much that their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so much that they were starting to sink. But when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And hopefully you can see in these two stories, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of parallels going on here um, with this encounter of Peter with the resurrected Christ on, on the shore. It's very similar. And what's, what's happening here is, I think, in a very dramatic, in a very symbolic manner, Jesus is rewinding Peter's story. He's taking Peter's story back to the beginning so that they can start over, right? Peter here, he's filled with shame. He's filled with, with, um, with guilt. He's filled with regret. And he's retreated back to, to where he started. He's gone back to the old identity, just a fisherman. And he's thinking, I've let Jesus down. There's no hope for me. Even if Jesus is really resurrected here, he's not going to want anything to do with me after how I failed him, after how I let him down and denied even knowing him. And so Peter's retreated to his former life. He's, he's gone fishing again. Jesus shows up, kind of, kind of symbolically rewinds Peter's life back to the beginning. I think what he's doing is he's offering Peter a fresh start. Right? Let's start over. Let's go back to the beginning together. Hey, Peter, I know you, you feel like you've fallen too hard. You feel like you've fallen too far. But let's just start over. Let's just rewind things. Now, like I said, when we fail God, when we fail God, I think there is this tendency of the heart to just want to retreat. Just want to go, go back to our old identity. But brothers and sisters, the truth is this. Even when you feel like you've fallen too far, we are never beyond His reach. His arms are never too short to reach out and to bring you home. In fact, the Bible tells us that God's mercies are new every morning. Amen? new every morning. And so if you feel like you're having one of those days or one of those weeks or one of those years when you've just kind of exhausted God's grace for you, right? Kind of like a kid can sometimes do. If you've got young children, sometimes you know they can just sort of like exhaust you as a parent. But if you feel like that, like with your father, God, you've just exhausted him. Remember, his mercies are new every morning. 
And that was good news for Peter because that means that the night that he denied Jesus three times, that when the sun came up and that cock crowed twice, that even on that morning, God's mercies were new and were fresh, even for Peter, even that morning. Peter thought it was over. He thought he was done. He thought he was cooked. Yet God wasn't finished with him yet. He was rewinding Peter's story. He was saying, let's start over once again. And so, never think, friends, never think that you've fallen too hard or you've wandered too far because God's arms are never too short to bring you home. And if you know the the story of the New Testament, you know that only a few weeks after this event, that on the day of Pentecost, this same Peter was preaching to thousands of people in Jerusalem, right? And he really preached, if you read it, it's it's kind of a terrible sermon. Remember what he said? He basically said, hey, y'all, remember this Jesus who was crucified? You did that. You killed him. That was your fault. Now repent. Remember that sermon? And and the Bible says that that day, some 3,000 people repented of their sins and turned to Jesus and became a part of the New Testament church. Amen? Amen. And that same Peter, that same Peter, he became a foundational stone in the building up of the church. And we, we are here today, some 2,000 years later, in no small part, because of that same man, Peter. Because of what he did in calling people unto Christ and in building up Christ's church. That's who God used. Amen. That's who God used. This man who failed miserably. Jesus took Peter's mess and he made it his message. Jesus took Peter's test and he made it his testimony. Jesus took Peter's failure and he made it into fertilizer to fuel his ministry. Amen? Amen. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. He will use our mistakes and our messes and our failures, and He will use them by His grace to further His kingdom. All for for our good and for His glory. So, amen. Amen. All right. Amen pew over here. Amen. Come on, y'all. So, Never feel like, brothers and sisters, never feel like you've fallen too hard. Never feel like you've fallen too hard because you are never out of God's reach. His arms are never too short to save. And His mercies are new every morning. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, I thank you that you are full of grace and mercy and of love. And I thank you that your mercies are new every morning and that you're never 
in short supply of new starts and fresh beginnings. And I pray this morning that if there are any here today, Father God, who feel that they've fallen too hard, that feel that they've failed too much, that you would just encourage them this morning. Encourage us. Strengthen us by your grace. Remind us of your love, of your goodness. We thank you that you're able to even rewind our stories when we fall on our faces. And we thank you that you give us new beginnings and fresh starts over and over again. And I pray today that you would remind us that you can use our failures and even our mistakes for our good and, Father, for your glory. And so today we just, we just simply want to rest in your goodness, rest in these truths, and rejoice in that this morning. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.